This was a struggle watch for me. Oh, this was the opposite of a struggle watch for me. This was a delight watch. I found this movie to be absolutely delightful. I don't, I, like, I, I can't be certain it's, like, the movie's fault because I um, started watching it as soon as I woke up and, like, caffeine and meds didn't kick in until maybe, like, halfway through it. That's fair. I started the movie about an hour after I drank uh, my caffeine for the day. And then, um, yeah, yeah. so, you know, I think you're, you encountered the classic time zone issue of watching this movie too early. Yeah, I, um, yeah, that was a problem for me because I, I was, I was in a bit of a haze for most of it. Uh, so as, Per the title, the listeners will know that we watched the movie Swiss Army Man, which in my notes I referred to it as Swiss Army Manual Radcliffe. <laughs> I, so, we should start the episode. <laughs> yes, we should. We should do the thing that we do at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, this is the thing that we do at the beginning of the episode. We start talking and then you remind us to start the episode. <laughs> True. <laughs> and then we okay, start the episode. You- are you ready? Yeah. Hello and welcome to Unsound Theories. I'm Kat. I'm Kira. And we watch movies with no sound and no subtitles and try to figure out what the hell is going on. Spoiler. We... I... I y- y- yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, yeah. He, he has a prehensile penis. He does. <laughs> Good old Danny Rads. Swiss Army Man, mm-hmm. the title, mm-hmm. immediately makes me think he is like a slutty gay guy at a, a gay frat house party, which is to say he has a lot of tools in him. I mean, it doesn't have to be a gay frat house party. It could be It's just a, a party. regular frat house party. Uh, yeah. Or uh, a rave that is taking place in an abandoned supermarket in Brooklyn or something like that. True. Um, yeah. So I think this title relies very heavily on you immediately thinking of Swiss Army Knife and not the man who would be equipped with a Swiss Army Knife, an army Mm. man from Switzerland, a Swiss Army man. It really depends on, it depends so much on the emphasis that you put on this. Yeah. It's not Swiss Army Man. It's Swiss Army Man. It's Swiss Army Man. Yeah. 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 It could also be a Swiss Army Man. It could be that. It could be... Especially if it's a question at the end. It it could be Swiss Army Man. Swiss Army Man. (laughs) That's if it's on a game show. We may never know. The world will never know. It's like how many licks it takes to get to the Tootsie Roll Center of a Tootsie Pop. Yeah, it's true. Um, Actually, the world does know that the correct answer is three. Mm, True. Because of that owl. It's right. It's right there. Yeah, the owl did it. Did the science for us. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so this movie, uh, this movie stars 
Daniel Radcliffe and Paul Dano. Yeah, so named because I don't know who he is. Did you watch the most recent Batman movie with our Pat? I did not. Okay, he was the Riddler in that. Um, Okay. Obviously, he was in this movie. Did you ever see the movie Little Miss Sunshine? I did not. Oh, okay. That's a delightful comedy that I think you would... I enjoyed it, but I don't know how well it holds up. Okay. Okay. Um, I think it's pretty good. Uh, Paul Dano plays Abigail Breslin's older brother, um, who, who has taken a vow of silence, um, because he's an emo teenager, and... Okay. It's a very... It's, it's a really silly movie. I mean... The whole movie is about a road trip across the country in an ancient VW bus that they can get Abigail Breslin to a children's beauty pageant that <laughs> she qualified for because the winner of the local beauty pageant had to drop out. Okay. And she got second place via pity votes. So she ended <laughs> up winning a, a technicality and going to nationals, which I Good think times. were in Vegas. It's a it's a very silly movie, and I think it's one of the more delightful comedies of the 2000s. It's a good I... fit. It's d- despite everything, it's a good family movie. <laughs> Fair. Would you say Swiss Army Man's a good family movie? No, that's probably a good call. I would say that Swiss Army Man is a weird, funny movie that I enjoyed a lot. Um, you can sort of so uh. In addition to who stars in it, just from watching the credits, I know that this movie was also made by the Daniels, who are the yes. writing team who made uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Mm-hmm. And you can see, at least to me, you can see sort of how this movie helped them get from, or helped them get to the point where they were confident in writing something like that. I can see that, yeah. It let them get experimental, it let them get weird, and it maybe went a little bit too far, so they, like, you know, they pushed the boundaries a little bit too much and realized for everything everywhere that they had to pull it back a little bit after... I I still think this movie was delightful. I think it's just it, one of those movies that you have to come at in the right headspace. That's fair. It it certainly um is unique. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There isn't there isn't another movie that is this movie. No. Um so the basic gist of the movie is that Paul Dano is and I'm just going to assume this is actual Paul Dano and uh the corpse is actual Daniel Radcliffe yeah, no, that, that makes, makes sense. it a little bit more delightful. Yeah. So Paul Dano is stranded on an island off the coast of Northern California is what mm-hmm. I gathered from the license plates. Um, and he's about to kill himself at the start of the movie after sending out a bunch of messages in a bottle, but the messages in a bottle were, in fact, not in a bottle and just written in Sharpie on some trash. Yes. Um, and as he's about to oft himself, he sees the corpse of Daniel Radcliffe wash up on the shore. And I mean, like, fair enough, if I saw the corpse of Daniel Radcliffe wash up on the shore, I'd want to investigate, too. Yes. Um, so it turns out that Daniel Radcliffe is dead. Yes. Like, Has dead, been dead. his entire career. Every mm-hmm. movie he's been in. It's that particular, uh, you know, I don't want to blame 
his roles as a child, but, you know, I think that turn in David Copperfield that he took was, you know, it's it's hard to come back from the dead like that when you start off your career with David Copperfield. <laughs> I mean, how um, much more British can you get? Uh, significantly. Yeah, I guess he you just, could he, also be Matt Smith. He <laughs> Like, can you think of a more British actor than Matt Smith? Um, uh, no. It's like, what, no, who has he, he's been, he's been the doctor in Doctor Who, and he's yeah. been, uh, Prince Philip, the fucking ghoulish freak. <laughs> um, the, I, like, well, was, what else is there? Uh, I mean, those are the only two British what, things, so. What more British can you be? Um, I guess also being in House of the Dragon, because every British actor ever needs to do something Game of Thrones related. Yeah, yeah, legally. It's, it's in their constitution. Mm-hmm. They 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 were laughed at when they were laughed at that at when they um wrote that you know way back in the day, that everyone was like, hey, what the fuck is Game of Thrones? But they were right in the end. Yeah, and it turns out that you know it was destiny for New Jersey to become its own state because otherwise we wouldn't have Bayonne, and without Bayonne we wouldn't have George R R Martin. Exactly. And without George R R Martin, part of the British Constitution. The Magna Carta would not yeah, make yeah. sense. Yeah. It's all, it's all, it's all. It all comes full circle. Yeah. You know, New Jersey makes the world takes. That was actually a state slogan for a while. <laughs> um, and it is still the city slogan for Trenton, New Jersey. Trenton makes the world takes. Interesting. Mm-hmm. It's on a bridge. Like they have it in big light up letters on the side of a bridge in Trenton. That seems weirdly passive-aggressive. Well, I mean, yeah, New Jersey for a very long time was a heavy manufacturing state, and places like Trenton and Patterson and Newark became cities because of all that manufacturing. Right. And the world took and took and took until they didn't want any more things from New Jersey because it was cheaper to make it overseas, and then, bing, bang, boom, you have a bunch of impoverished towns. Yay! So anyway, um, so he... so he goes to investigate dead Daniel Radcliffe. Um, yes, I there was a like kind of heartbreaking scene because he's like, there's a point where he's like trying to listen for a heartbeat, mm-hmm. and I was just sitting there like, buddy, I don't have the sound on. You're not gonna hear anything. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I guess without the sound on, there's really no point, is there? Yeah, I mean, like you can try for sure. You won't hear a heartbeat though. Wait, did I kill Daniel Radcliffe by turning the sound off? I think we both did. I think we're both culpable for this one. <laughs> oh, no. That makes this whole podcast evidence. Um, That's okay. It's fine. It's technically, we'd have to it's, be tried in international criminal court. Yeah, yeah, it's inadmissible and, because we're in different countries. And, mm-hmm. um, and I know for a fact that the U.S. probably wouldn't extradite a citizen to the criminal court. Um, probably not. It's just, it's one of those things the U.S. just doesn't need to comply because who's going to make us? <laughs> True. That's like, that's very much the logic of the United uh, States. Yep. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So, um, he discovers that Danny Rads is 
completely dead. Dunzo. Yes. Just a goner. Uh, So he goes back to trying to kill himself. Yep. Um, And then he sees the the corpse get all twitchy and, and, and start farting. I believe so, yes. And then he uh, rides him like a jet ski. Yup, he, he does he does become a flatulent jet ski. Yes, <laughs> that's the thing that happens in the movie, indisputably. Uh, so he crashes that jet ski because I guess he runs out of gas. <laughs> um, I mean, he's never, he's never driven one before. He doesn't know what he's doing. True. Um, so he gets washed up on what looks like the mainland because there's a forest and stuff. Yeah. Pretty, pretty hefty forest. There's something interesting we start to notice at this point, and it's that this world, like our own, is very literally littered with trash. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I got to wondering, like I do, if the trash was intended to be a metaphor for these people. You know, the corpse and Paul Dano. And the, and the trash is part of them? Less that the trash is part of them, and more that they are equally that trash. Okay, just sort of discarded by, by society and... Exactly. It's that the... It's, it's that, you know, you get the sense that both of them are actually kind of happy in the woods. Yeah, they have a nice little relationship. Yeah, um, Paul Dano starts to pretend to be the woman on the background of his phone. Yeah. And Daniel Radcliffe starts to pretend he's in a relationship with Paul Dano, pretending to be the woman. Yeah. Um, I think he's pretending to play the part of Paul Dano while Paul Dano plays the woman, which does seem needlessly, like, complex. Like, couldn't... Who knows? Yeah, Couldn't it, they have it's... swapped roles and Paul Dano could just play himself like he's doing in this movie already? Uh, so I think that, would, that wouldn't that would be... First of all, um, I think a lot of the power comes from Daniel Radcliffe's um, magnetic cock. <laughs> <laughs> because I do believe that his dick functions like a compass. I think it points to the lady. Possibly? It, it, like, it points to whatever sexy lady he sees. That might make sense. So it's like a dousing rod. Yeah. For, yeah. So yeah, that's, I think that's the main reason why he does the whole, um, pretend to be the woman. So that. Oh, so that, okay. He can, yeah. Yes, because, so, um, as the, as the it's... movie goes on, it's revealed, and it's pretty obviously foretold that. Paul Dano does not have a relationship with this woman, and that he is just a creepy bus pervert. Yes. Which fully, totally checks out. I can see it. You know, it's a movie about inceldom, and yeah, he finds is... love with another man, happens to be a dead man. I mean, you can't, can't always be too picky. No, but he also, because this guy's straight, he has to pretend to be a woman for it to work. Yeah. It's a whole complicated thing. Um, they do actually kiss, though. They do, yeah. So we don't. But it's get... like, but like, it's to share air underwater. So like, it's not gay. Right, right. They still have the elaborate rituals. Yes, or the intricate rituals, as it were. Yeah. 
they have they have a lot of like forest adventures. Yeah, they have foresty misadventures. Um, Paul one Dano of the ones... creates like a whole. He does a lot of construction, and, and yeah, and I, like he's got some talent. He he makes a bus. He makes a whole ass car out of sticks and shit. It's wild. He's he's good at his craft. I'll give him that much. Yeah, you know, it it's it's kind of neat. Um there there is one part where and this is a warning that I need to give to the listeners. If you see red wild berries that aren't immediately recognizable as raspberries, oh yeah. You should not eat them. Oh yeah. As like, soon as I, that as soon as they popped up on screen, I was like, hey, buddy, don't eat those. No, no, There's no. There's a very strong chance that you might eat Baneberry, and Baneberry will kill you. Uh, fortunately, he does throw it up and then later use the red-tinted vomit to dye a wig red so he can pretend to be the lady. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Now, I, I, I just... It's a, it's don't a deeply hygienic movie. Berries. Don't eat wild don't do, yeah, berries. Yeah, don't do it. Simply like, don't do on it. Like, on high... On hikes, I have eaten blackberries, blueberries, and raspberries, because those are immediately evident what they are. I will go for a huckleberry also. Um, I have never encountered a wild huckleberry. They're, this place is lousy with them. They're delicious. Have you ever had a Saskatoon berry? Have you ever had a salmon berry? Yes, I I'll, have. Okay, okay. What about wild raspberries? I mean, yeah, we... Had, my my dad inadvertently grew wild raspberries in his yard for a while. Nice. Um, okay, wait, hold on. Um, have you... Okay, so Saskatoon berries are also called Pacific Service berries, Western Service berries, Western Shadbush, or Western June berries. Okay, I'm gonna look this up. They look a little bit like blueberries. Mm, yeah, okay. Um, they would be native to your area i have this maybe their, seen these that's their natural growing area okay i i feel i've probably seen these i've never had them well um if you ever get a chance you should try some saskatoon berry pie it's delicious okay all right there's a berry here that it's not a wild raspberry it's Thimbleberry. Uh those motherfuckers are delicious. I have never actually had a thimbleberry. They're so good. Um, so this is a segment that we're adding t- okay. Oh, okay. I those look cool. Yeah. Um uh, they're we're, very we're... like soft and velvety. Ooh. And and fi- like real kind of um pretty tart and sweet and um they're so good. They're so good. Possibly my favorite berry, but they're like, you, I you may get have, like maybe I may one. Have, okay. I want to say that there's a strong chance that I did actually pick thimbleberries on a trail. Okay. Okay. Um. So I may have had those before. Uh. By the way, this is our um. This is our new segment on unsound theories. Uh. It's called the berries and cream corner. <laughs> I was gonna go with very nice. <laughs> That's, you know, if we're going to go with an ancient mimetic reference, I feel like berries and cream is maybe a little bit better than Borat. Yeah, true. I'll, yeah, I'll agree. Um, okay, so now we've got to talk about cream to round things out. 
Um, do you have any um like moisturizers that you like? Um, I had a good candy that that was kind of creamy earlier. Oh, um, what was I, it? It was like a like a it was like a little hard candy that's like coffee. It's like half coffee and half creamy fused like together. A coffee cream. Yeah, but like. Half of it is like dark brown, and half of it is sort of a a, a light creamy color, and you can delicious. Like, it's it's pretty pretty good. I don't remember that what it was called. Of um, <clears throat> do you remember the Lifesavers cream savers? Oh, I fucking love those things. I used to love those things too. The strawberry oh, yeah. one was better than the orange one by Fuck far. Fuck you. Fuck you. You know. <laughs> You're welcome to. <laughs> I, I am a I am a slut for orange cream as a flavor. I just I don't particularly care for orange flavor, which That's is fair. particularly egregious because I do also kind of love Terry's chocolate oranges. I mean, those are pretty good. Yeah. I mean, but okay. I'd say like 70% of why I like Terry's chocolate oranges is the slamming of the orange to break it up. It It's a food that lets you be violent. Mm. And I kind of enjoy that. True. Yeah. I mean, what other food lets you smash something other than, like, crab or whatever? And that's um, off the table for me because it's shellfish, number one, and that's not kosher, number two, because I don't eat animals. Okay. Yeah, true. Um, What else can you smash? Walnuts. Potatoes? Yeah, but smashed potatoes are just, like, I don't know. Every time I have ordered smashed potatoes, I have actually really wanted mashed potatoes. That's fair. It's just always a little bit disappointing when you get, like, these tiny potatoes that someone pressed with a fork and is like, here, it's a new way to prepare this potato. We squished your baked potato. (laughs) I mean, I I personally enjoy that. I'm also a freak, and I like mashed potatoes that are a little bit chunky. I don't think that's I don't think that's that bad. I I could go for that. Okay. Okay. Good. It's I think there's there's two different kinds of mashed potato, right? Like there's real actual mashed potatoes, which you know are very good, and sort of do their own thing. And then there's boxed instant mashed potatoes. No, horrible. Which Don't touch them. Hate them. I fucking love those things. Okay. <laughs> and let me let me explain myself. Um, so I enjoy boxed mashed potatoes, dehydrated potato flakes that you reconstitute with milk and whatnot. I enjoy those specifically as like a thing that reminds me intensely of my childhood that's fair and like i know they are bad they're that you know it's like it's sort of the same logic as eating taco bell you know you're not getting good food when you go to taco bell but you're getting something that satisfies a very specific craving true that is a good point so you know i i think boxed instant mashed potatoes deserve to be defended Maybe not significantly defended, <laughs> but defended a little bit. We'll put we'll put like a just a small like platoon of of defenders 
it'll, it'll be fine. Nobody really. Uh... The Potato Patrol. Oh, true, true. <laughs> but the the pa- pa- patrol Spud those. squad patrol those. That sounds like yeah, it does something you put inside your body if it is yeah, it body does. safe silicone. Yeah. Yeah, as soon as I as soon as I said it, <laughs> I you know it's there's a lot of places that could go <laughs> that I just don't want to explore, <laughs> like. <laughs> like I'm sure there's a furry out there who anyway, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> so so sorry, man. <laughs> yeah, um so basically uh one of the pieces of trash that's recovered is a off brand sports illustrated swimsuit issue. Uh-huh. Which is how we discover that this corpse, which thus far has been both a source of water and mm-hmm. a jet ski and a jet ski also is extremely horny yeah um so i'm just gonna read verbatim what i have written in my notes wait what the fuck is going on with his dick it looks prehensile or is yeah. there an animal in there is his boner a compass what the fuck this takes dowsing rod to a whole new level <laughs> I think I just lip read Daniel Radcliffe saying, I want to have sex. <laughs> I thought for sure it was going to be a gag where it's revealed there's like a chipmunk in his pants or something. That's what I was thinking too. But that's, that's, I mean, that's one great thing about this movie is they don't stoop to that level. They go True. full hog. Yes. Now, there's, there's something that, like, I think the most unbelievable part of this movie of all of the very unbelievable parts of this movie. Which one would that be, Kat? Uh, the fact that Paul Dano's cell phone lasts from 10% battery to 1% battery after a full fucking week. See, I had a, I, I did think that was a little weird. I had assumed a he was A week with like, no service. I had assumed he was turning it off between, like, little snippets of checking it. Yeah, no, I, I would think that too, but power on and power off both take a lot of power out of a phone. Fair. Hmm. You know, like, that that's gonna drain your battery, just like searching for service is going to drain your battery. Maybe this takes place in the future where we've discovered something better than lithium-ion batteries, and the just phones last a lot longer. But Instagram does still exist. Well, yeah, of course, Instagram has to exist. It's eternal. It's, uh, it's the will of the Zuck. <laughs> Uh, now, I, I do have a fun little note. Um, the date when Paul Dano washes up on the shore is Tuesday, July 13th, which just happened to be my birthday. Oh, that's a nice little present for you. Uh, yeah, of uh, Paul Dano all my, all my own. Yeah. Uh, because the woman he's in love with clearly wants nothing to do with him. <laughs> and in fact, she's married with a kid. Yeah. Uh, so a little... Yeah, so, like, the the twist of the movie is that Paul Dano is not actually in a relationship with this woman, as we've talked about. Um, and, you know, maybe it is better for a stalker to be stranded on a desert island. I think for just sort of society, yeah. Uh, you know, we could figure out one of the various islands that Napoleon was exiled to to put the stalkers on and then they can have their fun stalking in uh, in an open air prison. Yeah. 
It, I'm, it's starting to sound worse now that I talk about it. <laughs> um, fair. Yeah. You know, especially being for prison abolition. Yeah. It could be like a, like a day camp, but like also it's more than a day. Yeah, it could be like a sleepaway camp for yeah. people to fix their hearts. Yeah. Um, is it, if it's mandatory, though, it's, it's still a compelled action and, you know, not great. Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, it could be, it could be voluntary and, like, or, or, okay, here's how, we, here's how you do it. Just a okay. little bit of, just a little bit of tomfoolery, some trickery. <laughs> okay. You tell them, and I don't want, I'm talking quietly because I don't want them to hear, obviously. Right. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. You, you Let me tell them, them you tell them that the person they are obsessed with wants them to go do this. Now, this is starting to sound a little bit like it's evolved beyond tomfoolery and become a scheme or a caper. I think yes. It's, yeah. And definitely. I'm all for capers, both the pickled flower and the form of hijinks. Yeah, yeah, I think this is this is good. We, we've got a good idea going on here. I think I'm fully on board with this now. Excellent, excellent. Okay, break. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. There is one part of this movie where they do get straight up attacked by a bear. Yes. And then Daniel Radcliffe crawls over the embers of a fire and makes himself fart and, like, does a cool flip on fire and it scares the bear away mm-hmm. and then um, paul dano puts him out yeah um at one point he does feed daniel radcliffe a bunch of rocks to turn him into a gun to hunt for food yes and he tries to do that against the bear and it doesn't work yes because daniel radcliffe has at this point i believe figured out that this woman is not paul dano's girlfriend and the stories that paul dano has been telling him about their life together have been fake so mm. he's too depressed to be a Swiss Army man. Yeah, true. Okay, that makes sense. He feels as though he's been cock-blocked, even yeah. though he is not Paul Dano. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. But he's he's really, like, he's a, he's a good actor. He's gotten into the character of Paul Dano. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that's, you know, taken a toll on him, obviously. Yeah, it's very much sort of a... You know, he he's he's going method with it and really living that Paul Dano life. And I did think it was funny how the the hunting scenes were like weirdly gory. Yeah, yeah. There's a scene where a squirrel literally gets decapitated by one of these rocks. Yeah, it just explodes. <laughs> and I mean like I think it's intended to be humorous. Yeah. But it, it is it yeah, but I, again, I thought most of this movie was quite delightful. It's, yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly unique. Is it growing on you a little bit as we talk about it after the fact? It's growing on me a little bit as I become more awake, yes. Okay. Now, I do, there's just, like, before we continue beyond this movie, because the, the plot is, frankly, nothing. Yeah, no, it's a whole lot of nothing happening. Before we continue beyond this discussion there's one other topic we have to bring up and that is the ungodly amount of ass hair that daniel radcliffe has in this movie (laughs) i have to imagine that like when he wipes it's like pulling peanut butter out of a shag carpet 
Oh, oh, that's the worst image in the world. <laughs> no, why would you put that in my mind? Why would you do that to me? <laughs> why? Um, I was I was all set to just talk about lube. <laughs> And, like, lube loss because it gets absorbed by the hair. <laughs> that was so much more pleasant to hear about. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Yeah, this is just a weird movie. Um, yeah. It's it's a weird movie. Daniel Radcliffe has too, too hairy of an ass. Very. And I thought throughout the whole thing that, like, oh, well, obviously, like, the corpse doing all this stuff is like it's not actually happening but then we get to the 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 real world where there's other people and it is mm -hmm. actually he's doing that that's the that's a, yeah yes uh the movie does end with daniel radcliffe uh fart skiing his way out to the ocean uh into the sunset as i believe maybe an actor playing Daniel Radcliffe's dad shows up to identify the corpse. I yeah, I think that's what was happening there. Um, and the police are there because there's a dead body. But then they also realize that Paul Dano is a stalker, and they show yeah. the woman he's been stalking, and she's horrified. Yeah. Justifiably. And then he, like, runs away with Daniel Radcliffe, and, like, everyone chases him, and they find all of his, like, weird... Like fake bus and everything in in the woods, which just kind of makes him seem like a weird Satanist. Yeah, <laughs> it it is because part of it is decorated with bones. It is definitely played off as very Blair Witch. It's extremely it, like it's a very funny juxtaposition because we've kind of normalized the way he builds stuff out of trash and like spare wood because that's what our worldview has been because of you know the framing of the movie and yeah. then you come in you come at it from civilization with these fresh eyes and it's like oh this is horrifying that's <laughs> yeah. funny yeah and then so they get to the beach and he's like i guess he's like trying to free willy daniel radcliffe um yes now i i just want to point out that it didn't take more than 10 minutes for him to get to the beach they were never that far from civilization. Yeah, no, all of his, like, structures and everything that he built were, like, a, a quick couple-minute jog from the woman's house. He was basically in her backyard. Yes. Uh, which, like, again, frames all of this in a very distinct manner, because we now know that he could have gone back at any time. Yep. Like, there was a point where he had surface enough to pull up her Instagram to stalk her. Yeah. And he just doesn't call anyone. He doesn't call 911 and be like, I'm lost in the woods. He yeah. instead tries to find more jerkbait for, for dead Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah. And there's another, there's a, there's a, um, a bit, there's a, there's a shot during the bear fight where mm -hmm. like it flashes to his phone on on with Instagram open and it like overlays Daniel Radcliffe's face over this woman's husband in her pictures mm -hmm. and I at that point I thought like oh my god Daniel Radcliffe is this woman's husband that Paul Dano has murdered and is carrying around I thought that briefly too I think that would have been maybe a little too dramatic of a it, twist yeah but nonetheless a plausible one yes um so yeah 
that's basically the movie. Do you want to hear a summary of it? Yeah, definitely. Hello, listeners. It's Kat with this week's mid-roll announcements. I'm very proud to announce that the series finale of The Same Coin is now available on the Chicks with Dice feed. We put a bow on the story of the crew of the Orum, and I'm very proud of the cast for all their hard work to bring this story to a satisfying conclusion. Especially given some of the hardships we faced over the last couple of years with having the rug pulled out from under us on the game that we were playing and the way that we make money to do it. After this, we'll be taking a short break from serialized episodes to bring you some fun one-shot adventures as we wrap up three years of podcasting. In the meantime, you can catch up on the cruise adventures before we dive into Disaster Lesbian's Guide to the Apocalypse in a little while. I've put a lot of time into the edit for this episode, including some ADR and some deep digging into freesound.org to make the environment feel rich and lived in please consider listening to the episode if you're able. If you'd like to interact with Kira and me on social media, you can follow me on Tumblr at zaftycat.tumblr.com or Kira on her Tumblr, sapphire-mess.tumblr.com. If you'd like to support us, there are a few ways you can do that. First, you can tell someone about the show. We thrive on word of mouth, and our goofy brand of weird is the perfect thing to recommend to your friends, your polycule, your found family, your biological family, or the magically animate corpse of Daniel Radcliffe. You can also be our favorite people in the world and leave a review for the show on the podcatcher of your choice. We're fans of good pods for their really neat shareability features, but whatever you prefer works for us. If you do leave a review, let us know via tweet or Tumblr message and you'll get a shout out on the show. Thirdly, we'd be so grateful if you were to support us on Patreon. We make the show because we love it, not because of the money, but a little support from you goes a really long way for us. Please do consider that support. No integer dollar amount is too small. That's all for the mid-roll. I'll let past me and Kira get back to stalker Paul Dano. Cue the VCR sound. Okay. Swiss Army Man is a 2016 American surrealist comedy drama film written and directed by Daniel Scheiner and Daniel Kwan in their respective feature directorial debuts. The film stars Paul Dano, Daniel Radcliffe, and Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Hank Thompson, a man marooned on an island, is on the verge of hanging himself but sees a corpse wash up on the beach. He tries to resuscitate it, but the corpse bemuses him with its incessant flatulence. (laughs) As the tide begins to wash wash the corpse away... Hank watches as the flatulence propels the corpse around on the surface of the water. Hank immediately mounts the corpse and rides it across the ocean like a jet ski, landing on a mainland shore but far from civilization. That night, the two of them hide in a cave from a rainstorm, and after the runoff pours into the corpse's mouth, Hank realizes the next morning that the corpse has yet another power. It can be used like a well for for a seemingly infinite source of drinkable water. The corpse also begins a slow transition into speaking and acquires a grasp of the English language, adopting the name Manny. Hank and Manny continue their quest, using Manny's erections, fueled by a swimsuit magazine they find, as a compass. Manny has forgotten everything about his former life, and Hank tries to teach him various (laughs) concepts about life. But Manny's childlike and shameless interpretations of these concepts conflict with what Hank considers socially acceptable behavior. He's one to talk. He's a fucking stalker. <laughs> yeah. Over the course of their journey, Hank teaches Manny the joys of eating out, going to movies, and partying usually using crudely constructed props and sets made from plants and garbage they find. Using these, Hank leads Manny to believe that Manny is in love with a woman named Sarah who rides the bus alone every day. Manny falls in love with Sarah, 
and it is that love that motivates him to try and find civilization with Hank. In reality, Hank is very much in love with Sarah, having her having seen her riding the bus every day but never talking to her due to his own shyness. He has a photo of her that he took while on the bus, set as the wallpaper on his phone, and follows her on social media. As he looks through the photos, it's revealed that Sarah is happily married and has a child. Hank tries to impersonate Sarah to help Manny learn how to talk to women, but they end up connecting and kiss. They have a falling out after Hank reveals that Manny never knew Sarah during his life. Feeling betrayed over Hank's hypocrisy and self-restraint, Manny states he wishes to be fully dead again. At this time, Hank experiences strange mental flashes of surreal images recalling his own journey and suggests one of Manny's powers is to affect his mind. Despite the tension between them, when Hank is attacked by a bear, Manny moves under his own power for the first time crawling after his injured friend and igniting one of his farts from their campfire to scare the bear away. Hank loses consciousness and wakes up to Manny carrying him to Sarah's house despite Hank's protests. While Sarah is in the house, Manny talks to Sarah's daughter, Chrissy, expecting her to be impressed when he demonstrates several of his powers, inadvertently frightening her with his compass erection, which Hank quickly slaps down. Sarah is alerted by her daughter's crying and calls the police at the sight of Hank and Manny's once inanimate corpse. Sorry, once again, inanimate corpse. Hank is soon patched up, but the cops discover photos of Sarah on his phone and become suspicious. Hank's father also appears, mistaking Manny's corpse for Hank when asked by the paramedics to confirm his identity. After being interviewed by the local television news and deliriously professing his gratitude to Manny and his magical powers, Hank runs away with Manny's body. Hank's pursuers discover the structures he built in which... Sorry... Uh, Hank's pursuers discover the structures he built, which in actuality seem to be quite close to Sarah's house, as if he had been there for some time instead of journeying through the forest. The police, Sarah and her husband, her daughter, a reporter, and a cameraman, and Hank's father all follow them to the beach. Concerned, Hank lets out a long fart and is taken away by the police. Manny then begins to fart violently. <laughs> Everyone's shock, horror, and Chrissy... And in Chrissy and Hank's father's case, amusement, Manny floats back into the ocean and skims away quickly, propelled by his own flatulence, as he and Hank share one last smile. <laughs> mm -hmm. The word violently got me. <laughs> I can tell. Um, review aggregation website Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 72% approval rating based on reviews from 212 critics. With an average rating of 6.8 out of 10. Alright. <clears throat> um, it apparently won the Sundance Directing Award. Um, and it looks like it won a couple of things at various international film festivals, but no major award shows. That's, I mean, it's fair. It's a, it's a, it's a weird one. Yeah, you know, it's just one of those things. Uh, now, uh, films directed by the Daniels, Swiss Army Man... And everything, everywhere, all at once. That's all of their directing. Damn. So, right. you know, all things considered, going from one pretty good movie to a really great movie. That's a pretty good trajectory. Yeah, I can only imagine things are going to be on an upward trajectory for them, probably. Maybe. I mean, hopefully they haven't, like, peaked. I mean, let's, let, just to start things off, um... They did also direct the Turn Down for What music video, <laughs> which I don't know if you've ever seen that, but that's delightful. I have not. 
Um, I do strongly recommend watching it. Do you want do you want some reviews? Yeah, hit me with those reviews. Uh, okay. Phelps Gates gives it one star and titles the review Juvenile. But I think they've maybe hit on something we didn't um we didn't pick up. The review says, Oh. What's this all about? After 40 minutes, I gave up. The dialogue is mostly farting. Really, I'm not making this up. (laughs) It's true. My guess about what the movie means is that it's a retelling of The Passion of the Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. The Son of Man. Get it? I do not. Is Manny. Oh, oh, true, true, true. Is resurrected after a few days, just in time for Easter. The Hank character is apparently intended to be Judas in view of his attempted suicide, but it seems to be aimed at 12-year-olds for whom flatulence is the subject of unending hilarity. The film was well-reviewed by critics, but their comments don't make any more sense than the plot does. I see that the filmmakers have made another one, Everywhere, Everything Everywhere All at Once, which has gotten even more lavish praise. I think it's safe to skip that one. Wait, so did this person skip everything everywhere because of this movie yes idiot i know absolute absolute buffoon you've done it so bad there's Uh, like doing it bad and then there's yeah just really like it's you fucked up like he 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 yeah you know i talked about in the last episode bunting into a double play (laughs) um this is bunting into a triple play yeah no you never has someone been more wrong um, Miguel gives this one star and titles the review content and says, did not expect to see homosexual acting and you never knew, do, but like, it is a treat when it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Mark titles the review five star movie, three star packaging for those keeping score at home. That is an average of four stars. <clears throat> Mark reviews this two stars. Wait, so... <laughs> Five-star acting, three-star packaging. Two stars overall. <laughs> Two stars overall. Yeah. Um. Obviously, the issue is with the DVD that he bought, or the shipping. I mean, it was three-star I packaging. <laughs> so then... Who knows? What could be the, detri- be the one-star that lowered the average? Um, <clears throat> it's... Maybe he's just not a fan of The Passion of the Christ. Hmm. One star allegory, maybe? Yeah. I feel like that works. Yeah. Embrace the Void gives it two stars and titles the review, What Just Happened? And the review reads, A man who has lost all sense of meaning in his life and is ready to finally give up has his life turned around when the ocean brings him a gift. Suddenly, Hank, name of actor that you probably don't know, has purpose and spends the next however long in a whirlwind necromance with a corpse he pulled from the ocean, Harry Potter, having me almost convinced at one point in the movie that Hank was going to have sex with a corpse. Whoever the director is successfully ruined the Harry Potter franchise for me because I can never look at Daniel Radcliffe again without seeing that hairy ass. I'm sorry. <laughs> I am sorry. But do you not remember that he was in Equus, like, <laughs> a year after Harry Potter? Yeah. Uh, there's a move there's, he was he was in a show where the boy does fuck a horse <laughs> that's the that's the whole that's like the whole plot of that movie and i by movie i mean stage show 
<laughs> this movie has it all. Dead bodies, homosexual discovery, sodomy with a champagne cork, and a surprise twist with some next-level stalking. What more could you ask for? A restraining order? Despite the fact that this movie made me want to go wash myself in bleach and then get chemically castrated, I still managed to get some enjoyment out of it, which makes me disgusted with myself, so I'll give it two stars. I didn't hate it, but it made me hate everything else. By the way, don't watch this with anyone you care about because you won't be able to make eye contact with them for quite some time afterward. So, 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 so we're just going to uh, for a moment. Did this person say he wants to get chemically castrated because of this movie? Yes. Okay, you know how they do chemical castration? <laughs> yep. So is this person just wanting to transition for the sake of, uh, and using the movie as an excuse for it? I think very possibly, like, maybe the the scenes with Paul Dano as a lady was a bit of an awakening for them. Yeah, and it's a, it's an egg-hatching moment. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's, <laughs> it's pretty girl Paul Dano. Yeah. Anthony R. gives it two stars and titles the review. It's like Calvin and Hobbes, but with a corpse instead of a tiger and none of the intelligence. My greatest joy in watching this is knowing I did so without charge. I'd be pissed if I paid to see this film. The whole of the story feels like I'm being read a Mad Lib completed by a fifth grader who just saw a Walking Dead episode. What's odd is that the acting is great. I have no complaint about the actors in the least. What I can't figure out is what manner of motivation led them to take these roles. Oh sure, at the moment it's amusing. One issue is that the story never climbs above amusing at best. I, you know, I, I, I actually, I don't disagree with that. Story never climbs above amusing. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Kendall Hallett gives it four stars. And this is another, I want you to guess when this review was written. Um, it's a Blu-ray disc. The packaging is standard. This is only the third Blu-ray movie I have bought. It did come with a come on to add to your collection on digital HD ultraviolet in three easy steps included with purchase. Downloading 50 gigs isn't on this month's agenda. My Wi-Fi isn't that good. Maybe later, and if so, I'll edit my review. I don't do content reviews, except the cover says it has deleted scenes, Q&A with filmmakers, Swiss Army Man behind the scenes, making of Manny featurette, and audio commentary. I could Emerging see that Emerging New being... Technology Blu-ray. Only got three of them. Okay, so my I'm supposed to guess when this review was written. Yes. It's not a funny okay. game. No, it's a, it's a shocking game. Yeah. Um... Okay, so let's 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 take this from the top here. Mm -hmm. Swiss Army Man came out in 2016. Yes. So this review has to be after 2016. Yes. And it does talk about the emerging new technology of Blu-ray. Yes. It only has this. This person only has th it's the third Blu-ray movie they've bought. I want to say 2019. God, you are so close. <laughs> December 8th, 2018. Oh my God. Okay, it's December. That counts. Yeah, I'll, I'll allow it. Plus or minus a month, that works. <clears throat> um, Laura and Hardy also keyed into something that I don't think we picked up on either. The review is titled, it's a four-star review titled, Bizarre, yes, but fun if you're ready to hear slash see a couple taboo subjects get air. And it reads... 
I expect the plot is a metaphor. The dead guy is our hero's lust for life, smothered in modern culture, but is saved by his body's evolved animal instincts and drive. Shockingly funny at times, almost always interesting all throughout, and well played. Yeah. So Manny is meant to be a manifestation of our id or something like that? I guess. I feel like this guy's huffing his own farts a little too much. I think so. The next one is from... Like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> Keep the next, going. The next one is a four-star review from MDG, <clears throat> uh, titled, The story is shown through strong imagery that is funny and truthful. And this one contains a statement that I need your help with. Okay. The story is shown through strong imagery that is funny, truthful, and shows love at its core. Parentheses, perhaps from its core. Pun intended, haha. If you watch it, you'll know. It's a story that hasn't been told before, and I liked it because it was weird for a purpose. Now, I did watch the movie, and I don't know. I also don't know what they mean by core. (laughs) I don't know. Is this supposed to be a fart joke? Are they maybe talking about his crumb? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> I don't know. Is this a schwanz thing? I don't know. I don't know. <clears throat> or perhaps a fart joke? I think it's a... I, yeah. I have t- uh, two more reviews and one title of a review for you. I'll start with the title. The first fart makes okay. you laugh. The last fart makes you cry. <laughs> <laughs> One fart for laughter, two farts for tears. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, Zombie Sexual gives this five stars. Mm -hmm. The title's review, the most moving film about a farting corpse I've ever seen. The whole time I was thinking the twist at the end was going to be Hank was dead the whole time and this was all some sort of afterlife or hallucination. The twist at the end was even better. The themes of existentialism, friendship, and death are never going to be the same after this film. The soundtrack is great. The The premise is unparalleled. (laughs) And the fart and boner humor is somehow kind of highbrow. Forget Harry Potter, this is Daniel Radcliffe's opus. Yeah, I agree. Agreed. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Mia, this, last, last, lastly, um, Mia gives it five stars and titles the review, Jesus Christ is back and damn can he fart. And it reads, surprisingly deep absurdist movie with some really stupid but blunt ways to say some deeper metaphors and meanings, much like your vowel tract. I hate this, but it's also great. Don't fart on children? Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, um, there's there's merit to that. Yeah, um, don't, don't, don't fart on children. I don't know why that's a question Don't fart on other people's children. True. <clears throat> I, feel like, I feel like you can get away with it if it's your kid. Because then it's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> um, that's, uh... That's all I have for you. Okay. Uh, last impressions. Um, and the last part makes you cry. Uh, have Saskatoon berry pie. There you go. That's my last impression from this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. <laughs> we sure didn't. <laughs>
<laughs> no, we did not. <laughs> Unsound Theories is a production of So Says Media. You can follow us on Twitter at Unsound Theories or follow Kat and Kira at ZaftiCat, Z-A-F-T-I-K-A-T, and at Sapphire underscore Mess, respectively. The best way to support the work we do is to tell a friend and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Good Pods. If you'd like to support our work monetarily to help us keep the lights on, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash Media. There you'll gain access to behind-the-scenes content, Patreon-exclusive episodes, and so much more. The music used in this episode is Dance on All the Cell Phones by Chris Postel. You can find this and Chris's other work at soundslikeanearful.com. Until next time, stay wizard. <laughs>